Hello, and welcome to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of modern composers. My name is Seth Bostead, and I have just one such composer with me today, Chicago-based composer George Flynn. Thank you, George, for coming down. Glad to be here. We heard just a little bit of your piece, Introduction and Lullaby, which is from a larger piece called American Rest. When did you compose American Rest, and what inspired it? I started this piece originally in 1975, which was the year that we were driven out of Vietnam. And I felt at the time it was time for America to rest. But the rest is full of nightmares. It's not a peaceful rest. Until at the very end of the piece, it's an hour-long piece, at the very end, we finally have a lullaby that truly comes to rest, but also, in my mind, represents death. My obsession in this piece consists of a perfect fifth and a tritone. And the tritone represents, traditionally, the devil of music, and the perfect fifth, the angelic interval. The devil in the interval, I felt that was us. So that became my obsession for the entire piece. I like that juxtaposition of the angelic with, with the devilish. And the, um, we're going to hear a standalone portion of this called Introduction and Lullaby. Yes, this uh, stands as a separate piece, but it's an extraction from American Rest. And the instrumentation recalls another great wartime piece, the Quartet for the End of Time by Messiaen. Yes, it does. I changed the violin to a viola, a darker color, but otherwise it's the same as Messiaen's Quartet for the End of Time that he wrote in Stalag 8 in 1941. Let's have a listen now to Introduction and Lullaby from American Rest by George Flynn, Larry Combs on clarinet, Keith Conant on viola, Chris Costanza on cello, and Stuart Leach on the piano.
It's a beautiful ending as the piano fades away, and I couldn't help but notice that it's fading away on the perfect fifth, which is the angelic side of the piece. Yes. Is that an optimistic ending? I suppose you could say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Maybe there's some hope after all. (laughs) (laughs) Introduction and Lullaby from American Rest by George Flynn. Now, many composers do transcriptions of their pieces for other instruments in order to facilitate additional performances or at the request of other performers. Uh, You have done another version of this piece for piano, but it's not, strictly speaking, a transcription. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, it really isn't. I realized that there were some piano solos embedded in that piece that I could extract from it, a series of nocturnes. And I did so. There are three of them, three nocturnes called Pieces of Night. And I wrote two new works that fit in between the nocturnes called Myoclonus I and Myoclonus II. Myoclonus is the medical term for muscle twitch, usually the twitch that you have when you're going to sleep at night trying to relax. Well, these nocturnes are essentially kinds of nightmares, I suppose, turmoil. And what I've prepared for our session here is the middle part of the middle nocturne, which is really quite nightmarish using a lot of clusters in the piano. Mm -hmm. By the way, this piece will be played in its entirety, a tangle with the summer. Great. And we're going to listen to Deep Sleep and Nightmare. And this is George Flynn playing the Nocturnes from American Rest. Thank you. 
That certainly sounds like a pianistic nightmare to me. I think you uh, fulfilled the effect that you were going for. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and that was performed in Preston Bradley Hall yes. uh, on that wonderful Steinway yes. that they have yeah. there. I can imagine that sound bouncing around under the dome. Um, I wish <laughs> I had been there. <laughs> well, we're going to move now to a, a completely different orchestration here. In fact, this is a piece for orchestra. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Yes, this was originally commissioned by Brooke Cresswell in the Yakima Symphony Orchestra in Yakima, Washington. And the entire piece is called A Reign of Love, involving love sonnets by Shakespeare. I have extracted from this piece a work called Moods, which is the last part of this piece. And it's for a full orchestra, a large orchestra, and that's what we would hear. Mm-hmm. And you're actually from Yakima, is that correct? I lived, um, I guess, the plurality of my years growing up in Yakima, Washington. Yes. Okay. Let's have a listen to this excerpt, Moods for Orchestra, by George Flynn.
Moods for Orchestra by George Flynn, who is my guest today on the Relevant Tones show. And uh, George, that piece was originally commissioned um, for a performance in Yakima, Washington. Yes. I lived more years in Yakima than any of the other many towns that I lived in in the states of Mm -hmm. uh, Montana and Washington. As you were growing up. Yes. Right. And I suppose that I, I would have to go back to Yakima to talk about my first great revelation musically. And that is when I found in the Yakima Public Library, way back around when I was maybe 15 or 16 years old, the first recording of Charles Ives' Concord Sonata. Mm-hmm. Having no idea about any mm-hmm. of it, I just took it home and listened. And it was love at first hearing, and it changed my life. I immediately had to get my own copy. I had to somehow get the, get the score, the music, mm-hmm. and I wanted to go east to visit Charles Ives and tell him what I thought of his music. <laughs> was that the uh, John Kirkpatrick recording? Yes. Yeah, it's a fantastic recording. Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing that for the he first time. He says it took him 10 years to learn to play the piece. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if, if you know the piece. Yeah. <laughs> it's a phenomenally difficult piece. Yeah. That was, my, that was really very important to me. In Yakima, I was involved in all the choral societies that were there, as well as playing in the orchestra, violin and viola, and pursuing a number of things with the piano. And that continued, but I didn't realize what I wanted to do with music until later. Mm -hmm. And that was really determined while I was living in Chicago for a couple of years. And then I decided I had to go to New York in order to get my degrees Mm -hmm. and really do it right. And were you involved in all the third stream type of things that were going on in New York at that time? Uh, In New York, I was up at Columbia University where, of course, we studied a lot of the academic stuff. And I had an opportunity thankfully, to listen to the group for contemporary music. Charles Wernon, Harvey Soberger, uh, and Joel Krosnick were part of that group. And they had this trio, and they played a lot of contemporary music. And Milton Babbitt was a very important influence at the time. Mm. Meanwhile, I was downtown, feeling very comfortable, playing at the New School, where John Cage and his people were involved, as well as the Tone Roads people, who were reviving Ides music. Mm-hmm. We'll have to so do a whole was, show on the uptown, downtown oh, New York yeah, scene well, someday. <laughs> but my music probably would be characterized as not uptown or downtown, but somewhere in the middle, midtown. Midtown. That would be <laughs> midtown music. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and when did you move to Chicago? How did you come here? Um, I came to Chicago. Uh, I was at Herbert Lehman College for a couple of years after being at Columbia. And... A job opened up here at DePaul University. Well, there were five jobs, actually, that I applied for and was accepted in all five of them. This was the best one, Chair of Musicianship Studies and Composition at DePaul University. Mm-hmm. And you would hold that post for, for I a while. held that post from the time I came to Chicago in 1978, I believe, until 2002. Mm-hmm. And the next piece that we're going to listen to, you wrote in Chicago in 1988, yes. and that's called Till Death. Can yes. you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I was sitting in a restaurant with a friend of mine, and he says, how do you go about writing a piece of music? And I said, well, it depends upon the day and your mood and everything else, but let's start a piece right now. I won't write it. I'll describe it. Let's make this for violin and piano. Both the instruments start in an amiable way in the middle register, and gradually the violin goes higher and higher, and the piano goes lower and lower until we have these very soft, high sounds in the violin and low, soft sounds in the piano. Then they come back together again to the amiable kind of conversation they were having at the beginning. He thought that was a very interesting idea. 
I did too. I went home and wrote <laughs> that piece. And that part of this piece is what we will hear right now. Great. Let's have a listen. Till Death. And this is you on the piano with yep. uh, Catherine Hughes on violin. Thank you. 
piece that represents an amiable conversation between two people uh, called Till Death. And the title, of course, makes me think, are, are these people, are they lovers? Is it Till Death Do Us Part? Yes, that, that's the, the whole idea. Of course, if you listen to the whole piece, you see that not everything is always amicable. <laughs> but it does end in a friendly, loving way. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've been married just long enough to yeah, know. That right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Relevant Tones on WFMT, a radio series celebrating recently composed classical music. I'm Seth Bosted, and today we're listening to Chicago-based composer George Flynn, who is my guest today. Check out our Facebook page, or send us an email at info at relevanttones.com. We've just listened to Till Death for Violin and Piano, and we're now going to listen to another piece called From an Island, which is for mezzo-soprano and piano. And this has a pretty interesting story about how it was commissioned. Um, George, would you mind telling us the story? Yes. Um, I originally got a commission from a, an organization called Works in Process, uh, which does a series of concerts at the Guggenheim Museum in New York. And they asked five composers each to write a piece for one singer and one instrument. Well, I'm very conventional and chose mezzo-soprano and piano. Uh, it was interesting to do this. Uh, James Tate, that was the poet whom we were celebrating at the time, has written eight, nine hundred poems in a variety of books. And it was interesting to see that two of the composers quite coincidentally chose the same poem out of all of the hundreds of poems. One person set it for high soprano and electronic sounds. The other set it for bass and tuba. I thought that was interesting. But mine is for mezzo-soprano and piano, and I chose a poem called From an Island by Tate that allowed me to be able to create a shape that actually was already reflected in the poem. And the shape allows me to start the poem with a certain atmosphere and then at the very end come back to the same atmosphere, which is how the poem is lined up. Can you tell us who's playing on this recording? Uh, Mary Nessinger is the singer, the mezzo-soprano. Alan Feinberg is the pianist. And this was done at the Guggenheim. We were hearing a recording from the Guggenheim Museum. Great. Let's have a listen. From an Island. Thank you. 
What a beautiful voice. We've been listening to Mary Nessinger, mezzo-soprano, singing From an Island by George Flynn. She was accompanied by Alan Feinberg on the piano. That was a piece for one voice and piano, and we're going to move now to a, a piece of many voices, a choral work that you composed. Yes, a choral work as well as brass instruments that are involved. And this was written for the president of DePaul at the time, well, not for him, but acknowledging him, who, as far as I'm concerned, is a wonderful man with a humanity, sense of humanity about him that I felt was reflected in words by St. Vincent. The words that I set in this particular portion of the piece are as follows. Give yourself to God to serve the poor with love, compassion, with gentleness and love. We should soften our hearts and weep over the sufferings of others and ask God for the spirit of mercy, the spirit of God. Serve the poor with love as God loves the poor and let us labor humbly for God and respectfully with love. Let's have a listen, St. Vincent's words. great setting of a great poem, and I'm so glad you read the poem, because I think it's, uh, in in these times, it's a, it's a good thing to remember the power of love, and, and it's, it's a wonderful poem, and I didn't know that much about 
St. Vincent de Paul. So it's good to hear his words. Yeah, very worthy guy. Um, we're going to go now to another piece of yours called Density of Memory, uh, which is on the same disc as the piece we heard, St. Vincent's Words. Yes. And is that disc available on your website? Uh, yes, Amazon.com, all these various organizations, uh, Records International, all of them have it. But this is available. As a matter of fact, there's a, a, a website, classicalconnect.com. Uh, the person who has that website has taken all of my recorded music and put it on there for free. You can listen, just go in there and listen to anything that I've written that's available on a CD or whatever mm-hmm. for free. Um, can you tell us a little bit about this piece, Density of Memory? Yeah, Density of Memory is influenced by a lot of what Kenneth Darris said about memory, and as well as some poetry that deals with memory and how memory becomes perhaps the most in, important influential aspect of our lives as we grow older. So this piece also is obsessed with a certain sound, and you will hear that sound coming back over and over again in this little selection from Density. It's a piece for three clarinets and large orchestra. The clarinetists are Larry Combs, Julie DeRoche, and Wagner Campos. And the orchestra is the DePaul Symphony Orchestra conducted by Cliff Colnett. And I've chosen for our session today a middle part I'll call the tidal wave because that's essentially what happens in the course of this selection from Density of Memory.
I love how at the end of the piece it references uh, the beginning in the three clarinets. Was that intentional? Yes, yeah. And when you listen to the entire piece, you will find that the basic sound that actually starts the piece 26 minutes earlier is reflected as the piece ends. Mm -hmm. It becomes essentially all there is. And that's interesting because even if the listener doesn't consciously know that they're hearing the same musical material, it's still there somewhere in their consciousness, I think, that, that it is the same. I think there is a sense in any listener will sense that they're coming back to similar material, yes, even though they might not be able to say to themselves, you know, this is similar material. Mm -hmm. It be a sense of rest. Yeah, absolutely. Well, George, it's been a huge pleasure to have you on the show today. Um, when I was a young composer in Chicago, my first performance I ever had of a piece of mine was at your Green Mill series, which is still going. It's still going, um, yeah. Not, not quite one Sunday a month, but, um, but there are many performances. No, um, there's a new music of the Green Mill series, the last uh, Sunday in October, the Sunday closest to January 21st, and then the first Sunday in May. And uh, that's new music at the Green Mill. But then there are a number of other organizations who can actually program their music on Sundays at the Green Mill. The Green Mill has now been opened up to Chicago uh, new music people so that it's one of the favorite places. Absolutely. Absolutely. The new music series is, uh, well, aside from your music, one of the great contributions you've made to the Chicago music scene, I think. Uh, so thank you for that. And again, you can check out George's pieces at classicalconnect.com or on his own website, georgeflynn.net. Well, thanks again, George. It's been a real pleasure. Well, I enjoyed being here. Thank you for inviting me. Relevant Tones has been co-produced by Jesse McCorders at WFMT in Chicago and by myself, Seth Bosted, Executive Director of Access Contemporary Music. Steve Robinson is the Executive Producer. We'd love to hear what you think of the show and hope you'll email us at info at relevanttones.com or check us out on our Facebook page. I'm Seth Bosted, and thanks so much for listening. <laughs>